This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Talk a little NFL in the open. Talk a little NFL right now. He is joining me. He covers the NFL for CBSSports.com. Jared Dubin joining me right now on CBS Sports Radio. Jared, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So the big talk right now, obviously, is the CBA and where we're at with that. And I guess before we get into what we think could happen at the the Combine this week, what are your thoughts on a 17-game season and a 14-team playoff? The, the playoffs, I mean, I don't know why you need to change anything. I think the playoffs work pretty well right now. There's, you know, the argument that it might dilute the field. I don't think it'll dilute the field that much. I do think the way they're going to structure it tends to probably advantage the number one seeded team compared to the number, you know, two or three. Just way too much compared to what it is now. So I don't necessarily think that they should be going about it in quite the way it looks like they're going to. And, I mean, a 17-game season, like, if the players are compensated well enough for it that they feel okay going to it, then they should do it. If not, like, the, the version that's being out there now where their compensation for the extra game is capped at $250,000 per game, um, that affects around 12.5% of the league next season. That is a lot. Like, that's not an insignificant amount, and I don't think you can have 12.5% of the league being underpaid relative to the rest of their game checks. Um for, for that season. So on, on that front, I mean, it's it's up to the players. I don't know how you can, with a straight face, say that you're, you know, four-player safety and also we're going to play an extra game without even giving, like, another bye week or something like that. But I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. And maybe that's what they end up doing. I, I, I want to get to the 17th game for just a second. But you brought that's an interesting number you brought up, the 12.5% of the constituency is affected by that $250,000 cap for week 17 for the early part of the uh, the early part of the deal at least um that's uh, you know the, that that 12 and a half percent is is a small sliver of the league but it's a wildly influential sliver what did you think of jj watt's tweet about the cba and is do you guess that maybe that probably had a big reason to do with with why he feels the way he does about it yeah i mean i would imagine that there are any number of provisions that players may or may not like certainly the guys that make the most money are the ones you know most disadvantageous uh sorry disadvantaged by that one particular provision and it's one that's sort of being sold as like we're going to transfer five billion dollars to the players uh you know over the course of the agreement but they they just say it's a five billion dollar transfer they don't say that it happens over the course of 10 years they don't say that it's split between you know whatever it is 1500 players a year it's it's much less money then it sounds like when you just hear that $5 billion number and, you know, it's 
like I said, I mean, there's, there's, it's basically anybody with a base salary more than $4 million in any of the next, you know, three or four seasons that is already signed. And that's, that's, $4 million is obviously a lot of money, but it's also not a lot of money for highly paid NFL players. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of players that make more than that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to affect a lot of guys. Jared Dubin, CBSSports.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. What would you like to see that 17th game look like? There's been a lot of different ideas bandied about. It makes for some weird scheduling dissymmetry, but what would you like to see that 17th game be? I don't know. I mean, I think the way they do the schedule right now actually makes like a decent amount of logical sense. Mm-hmm. You play every team in your division twice. You play, you know, another division, then you play uh, another t- uh, division from the opposite conference, and then you play the team that from the division in your conference. I mean, it's, it takes a while to explain, but maybe rather than uh, so much emphasis on the divisional games, maybe you play, you know, just more teams from your conference. It's an extra three games. I mean, Look at a team like the Patriots that has just benefited so much from playing the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills twice a year for the last 20 years. You know, if those games were spread out between, uh, you know, among teams that are a little bit better, maybe you get a little bit more, you know, ability for teams to move up and down in the standings or something like that. I don't think they need to necessarily make drastic changes, but I do think if they're going to add an extra game, it shouldn't just be like, oh, we're going to have the same teams play each other every year in that one game. Jared, there's a lot of intrigue in this offseason with respect to the the quarterback. This might be the most intriguing quarterback offseason that we've that we've seen maybe ever if you consider Brady to really be in play. We know Philip Rivers is for sure in play. Some other names floating around out there that could, you know, Cam Newton could be available via trade or if he gets cut. There's a lot of big names out there and it's going to be an interesting game of musical chairs. What's the most interesting scenario that you've kind of cooked up in your head that could cause the biggest ripple effect for the 2020 season? Well, I would imagine that Brady leaving would be the biggest story. I am one of those people that is on the, I believe Tom Brady will play for a non-Patriot team when I see him on an NFL field in an official NFL game wearing a non-Patriots jersey train. So I don't necessarily think we're going to see it. Um, the thing to me that might be most interesting is like if Cam Newton is healthy and the Panthers still decide to move on from him, where does he go and what does that look like with him, um, you know, probably dramatically changing some other team's offense? And then Carolina is either, you know, in the market for someone like Tua or Justin Herbert in the draft or, you know, do they want to go get a veteran in free agency? Um, and then to me also, like, do the Bears want to bring in someone who's actually going to start ahead of Mitchell Trubisky, or do they want to bring in someone who they can say that they brought in someone to compete with him, but actually still plan on giving Trubisky the job? Because that's a pretty big domino that needs to fall too, I think. The the Cam Newton one is totally intriguing, in part because, I mean, he's obviously when healthy, he has a really high ceiling, but we don't know how healthy he is. He's been so he's been so banged up. What what's your I guess what's your level of optimism that whoever is going to be starting Cam Newton next year is getting something relatively close to what peak Cam has looked like? I don't know how you could have all that much optimism. I mean, you look at what he was doing two years ago before he got hurt. He was having one of the best seasons of his career. And then all of a sudden down the stretch, the last four or five games or so, he just completely fell apart. And then obviously coming into this season, like it looked like he was going to be healthy. And then all of a sudden he gets hurt in camp. And then he's playing the first couple of games and he's injured and then comes back and all of a sudden it's just over. So we haven't seen like the actual peak version of Cam Newton 
in, you know, by the time next season starts, it's going to be like almost two years since we had seen what he really looks like when he's healthy. And it's, it's hard to say if that can even still be there without really having a good idea of what condition his body is in. Jared Dubin, CBSSports.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Um, what do you think about the Darius Slay sweepstakes? Who are the main players in that? It sounds like Detroit is, is listening to offers right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that there are certain teams that probably should be in it but may not be for one reason or another um, just because of whether it's salary cap concerns or, like, he's not necessarily a scheme fit or something like that. The uh, The teams that stand out to me the most that definitely need him are the Texans and the Eagles who just have, like, absolutely disastrous cornerback situations right now. The Eagles in particular just need to get bodies in there that can actually play – the position, you know, the, the Texans at least have some young guys who you may be able to convince yourself that you have some hope for because they were, you know, recent first-round picks or recent second-round picks or something like that. The Eagles really just need an influx of talent at that spot. And one of the things I wrote about when I, you know, picked out landing spots for Slay earlier in the week is, you know, if they can get Slay and then try to sign Byron Jones away from the Cowboys, who, you know, they may have to let him go because they might only be able to re-sign Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper – I mean, all of a sudden, the Eagles turn a weakness into a strength, and they take a strength away from the Cowboys, too, and that would be a really good move for them. Yeah, no doubt about that. You mentioned the Cowboys, and obviously they've paid some guys already, Jalen Smith, Ezekiel Elliott. They've got more guys they need to pay, though, including Amari Cooper, and then obviously Dak Prescott at quarterback. I, you know, the, I, my guess is this winds up being a franchise tag situation, and I, I guess this just playing fantasy offseason for a second Jared if they put the non-exclusive franchise tag on on Dak Prescott and you're an NFL team would you be willing to trade two first round picks and give him a top of market contract for Dak Prescott no question like absolutely like if, if you find a guy who at his ceiling you know what he was this year was a top five quarterback for most of the season and even at his worst was essentially like a slightly below average quarterback mm-hmm. that's a guy who to me is well worth the money And one of the things that people don't seem to understand about quarterback contracts is for the most part, assuming a certain level of confidence, it doesn't actually matter how good you are. It just matters what the most recent quarterback contract looks like. That's why at one point Derek Carr was the highest paid quarterback in the league. And Matt Stafford was the highest paid quarterback in the league. And Joe Flacco was the highest paid quarterback in the league. That's just what happens when quarterbacks who are good enough to be their team's definite long-term starter come up for deals. These guys become either the highest paid quarterback in the league or pretty damn close to it. And honestly, the Cowboys screwing around with that contract last offseason is why they're going to have to pay him significantly more than he would have been willing to accept last year. And, you know, they went and paid, look, Zeke Elliott's a good player. Jalen Smith is a good player. That's a running back and an inside linebacker. Two positions that really just do not affect the game nearly as much as quarterbacks do. And they gave those guys big deals and they gave their fourth best offensive lineman a big deal, and they didn't pay their quarterback, and they didn't pay their star receiver, and they didn't pay their star cornerback. Three of the most premium positions in the, in the NFL, and they're paying the price for it now. That's Jared Dubin. You can get his work at CBSSports.com. Jared, appreciate you making time on a Sunday evening, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Thanks. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.